Well, I hope everyone's enjoying this Christmas season. We've had a lot that's been condensed into a weekend. Uh, for us around here, it's uh, definitely been uh, just a whirlwind. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been pretty exciting just to be a part of something so special uh, and to capture uh, really the, the spirit of Christmas during the season of Christmas and to uh, just enjoy that with you all. Uh, and I know there are a lot of things even outside of this room that are happening that kind of provoke that same feeling. Uh, one of them I know uh, is probably uh, a lot of you have a, a, a favorite go-to movie uh, during the Christmas season. And, and if you do, uh, uh, just shout out, what, what is your favorite Christmas movie that, um, that you like? It's a wonderful, wonderful Life. Okay, I didn't hear anything else. Why Christmas? Christmas talks? Christmas box? Die Hard? Die Hard? Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. You can't say that. Oh, I guess it is during Christmas time, but... Okay, all right. Coat of many colors? Okay. Okay. Polar Express. The Avengers. Who are these people over here? Frosty the Snowman. Very good. I'm just going to ignore you guys. Terminate. Okay, this is completely off the rails. Let me just reset this again. All right. Uh, I'm going to move into a whole nother facet of that. A few years ago, I had a chance to go with the Joy Club to a place in Medina called Castle Noel. Anybody ever hear of it? Okay. All right. Of course you guys have heard of it. Yeah. Uh, it, um, it's a pretty amazing place. Uh, the, the, one of the churches in the downtown area of Medina um, moved from that facility to another one. And when they did, um, they, they, they sold the property to a gentleman um, whose last name, interestingly enough, is Klaus. And he was very fixated on one particular theme as a driving force for his life, and it's Christmas. And he happened to be connected to a lot of people who were in the movie industry and in the entertainment industry uh, that um, enabled him to acquire a whole lot of different set pieces from various films through uh, the last 50, 60 years. And if you've ever been there, uh, it is quite a display that has been uh, put into um, really just a, a series of different places uh, in time relative to these movies, and you can see classical stuff from It's a Wonderful Life to all the way to um, Dickens's Christmas Carol and uh, even Elf. I didn't hear Elf, by the way. Uh, did anybody say Elf? Oh, okay. So, sorry about that. You duly noted. Kendall said Elf. All right. And that happens to be one of my favorite ones, too. So give that a thumbs up. And they do have a display there of uh, the costuming for Elf. And uh, just a little trivial uh, point. Do you know, um, uh, how shall I put this? Uh, in, in, re, in, in the last 30 years, there was a movie with a kid who has big blue eyes. 
that have not been shot out by BB gun, so there's a clue. Okay. All right. And uh, did you know that he was one of the elves in the movie Elf? Did you know that, Kendall? You learned something at church today. Okay. There's a takeaway right there. Look at the elves in the scene in the workshop, and you'll see a guy with big blue eyes. And uh, that's his punishment for losing the lug nuts off the car. He's got to be an elf the rest of his life. Well, it, it's a lot of fun to go there. Um, young and old alike enjoy it. And I, I can remember uh, taking um, some older people with me. And uh, one of the features of it is a slide that is from the movie, A Christmas Story. And you could slide down it. And I went down it, and I thought it was kind of dangerous. Um, uh, but, you know, when you're going down, you're waving your arms and you have no dignity whatsoever. And they take a picture of it. And um, I was there and I saw all the, all the older people who are not 25 anymore uh, displayed on the wall. And one of the pictures that I saw uh, was this one. Um, if I can pull it up. Did it make it up there? It didn't? Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to save that then for another time. Um, and uh, may, maybe we can work that out somehow. Did it not? You couldn't get it? Okay. Oh. You can't get it by the end of the service? Go up there, Steve. <laughs> here's, here's my question. What good are our are, are kids if they can't do technology for you? I mean, isn't that why God gave them to us? <sighs> Let's send him back to the manufacturer. Reset that one. No? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so pressure's on, Stephen. There's a lot riding on this. This whole message is premised on that. No pressure. All right, well, here he is, 16 years old, and he's like, I'm not that technological genius anymore. I'm at the end of my life cycle as an uh, expert on all things electronical. I never thought I'd see the day, but you all know that if you have a problem with technology, you go to the youngest kid in the mix, and they're the brightest when it comes to that stuff. But evidently, you grow out of that. And uh, just when you think you never will, things change, don't they? And life is kind of like that. Change happens pretty quickly. I mean, a few months ago, I mean, a lot of people never would have imagined that Donald Trump would be president, but yet, you know, that's, that's a reality. And there are a lot of things in our vocabulary that we have from the news cycle that are part of our life that we never would have thought would be something that we would talk about, uh, like the word ISIS or um, other, other words relative to terrorism that uh, seem to just creep into our, our mindset. And we think, wow, how did we arrive here? And those are some changes that we would prefer not to think about too much because they go in the wrong direction. And the exciting thing about Christmas is that when the angels celebrated, when the shepherds rejoiced, when that infant child inside the womb of Mary's cousin leapt for joy, it was a clear indication that there was change on the horizon, that there was hope in the air. And when that, um, that, that evil tyrant Herod 
began to see that this was not working in his direction and he did everything possible to try to eliminate this change. The change happened despite all of his efforts because it is that critical for God to bring about something different in your life and mine that when we think about life without God, without Jesus, without hope, without peace, without joy and love, we know it's a pretty dark place. And Herod embodies everything about that. And when the celebration began on the birth of this child that was so unique, clearly there were hopeful minds and hearts anticipating that when the father was told, you shall name him Jesus. That really provoked a lot of things in the minds of the people who became aware of that name. You see, in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus was actually referred to as Yeshua, which is our word for Joshua. And if you know the story, Joshua was a great warrior that was responsible for conquering the promised land and allowing God's people to realize the fullness of the promises that had been given at that particular point through Moses. And Jesus, in that same spirit, was going to come and be a mighty warrior in the same sense that Joshua was called to be, to take uh, that which is in front of them that created a lot of fear and worry and anxiety and transform it into a place of blessing, a land flowing with milk and honey. But the only difference between this Jesus or this Yeshua or this Joshua and the Old Testament Joshua is that when everybody heard that he would be called Jesus, they thought in their minds, he's going to overthrow the tyrants and the political realities are going to be completely transformed. However, if you fast forward 30 years from the time when these guys are bringing gifts to the child, to the child moving towards that cross after he laid down all of his carpenter's tools and began the process of living out his life's calling. His cousin who was the one who leapt in the womb had said, look, here comes one whose sandals I am unworthy to untie. And Jesus was baptized by this cousin who prepared the way for him. And when the father looked down at that act of obedience, he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And there it began, that whole series of changes that God wanted to elicit for all of humanity once and for all, started one step at a time with one human being at a time. There was a, a blind man who he went up to and he said, I want you to be changed from a person who is unable to experience all of the sights that are available in God's beautiful creation to one who can now visualize that on his own. And to uh, the woman who is caught in adultery, living with the stigma of having to walk around with the awareness that people were pointing at her and saying things to, to her and about her behind her back and just demoralizing her and minimizing her humanity. 
And he embraced her in a way that said, you are loved by God, and that's all that matters. And to the lepers who were on the periphery of society, yet they had to interact in order to have a sustainable way of life. But they were told that if they did, they had to walk into the crowd of people and to declare to everyone, unclean, unclean. And people would, would turn away because of the fear of the, of the stigma of leprosy and how uh, in, in, in their minds it was a person to be uh, abhorred as far as their state. And Jesus walked into their world and said, it's time for a change. And the lepers were cleansed. And they were reintegrated into the community. And all of these different episodes of Jesus encountering just everyday people were a reminder that this is the type of war that this Joshua is getting ready to declare. The war against everything that works against us in life beginning with our sicknesses and our infirmities to our relational dysfunctionalities and the way that we're alienated from other people to looking at on the horizon a cross that would soon be blood-stained and recognizing that that really was the final battle that this Joshua, this Yeshua, this Jesus would have to encounter And that cross, when it became a bloodied emblem of the destruction of the very Son of Man, was a symbol for all time to everyone, everywhere, and all the powers and principalities and forces that be, and most especially, death itself. It was a declaration that there is a change in the works. And this change once and for all will be fully realized uh, when Christ comes again. When we anticipate and wait for the Lord as we've been waiting for him during this whole Advent season, we know that he's already been here, that he's already been with us, that he's living in us and he's living through us. And we experience the joy of that. And many of us in the room have been changed by his presence in our lives. I know a lot of us think that, yeah, can change really happen? We get pretty cynical because every day we get up and we do the same thing. We go to work. We talk to the same people, perhaps. We have the same rituals and routine. We drink the same cup of coffee out of the same mug in the morning. Um, And in the course of the day, uh, we have... Same type of conversations with people and do the same kind of work. We get in the same car that we've been driving uh, and drive home in it. And we have uh, a house that is the same old house with uh, the same old people in them, although mine are kind of disappearing. And as uh, you go there, you have uh, um, meals at the same old table and you uh, enjoy the same old evening of just decompressing. And then, then you go to bed and you ask your wife the same old question and you get the same old answer. And then you fall asleep. And then, I don't know where your imaginations are going, by the way. 
Again, let's reel it in, people. But you understand how in this life, there are just so many things that are so routine that we wonder, will the people that we know and love become transformed? And the only thing that I can tell you is that as a pastor for a very long time, and knowing many of you in this room, I've seen change. Uh, there are the, I, I'll just think of some people or a person in this room who at one point in their life was very angry and pretty hostile to the people around them and alienating to family members. But somewhere along the way, God began the work of what I call persuasion, starting to help that person to become aware that their anger and their hostility and the way they've alienated people around them is not the way that they want to live the rest of their lives. And Jesus became an important um, matter in his life at a particular time. And as he explored Jesus even more, he discovered that Jesus can change. And now this person is one of the kindest and most caring people that I know. There, there's another person who sort of had a racial attitudes against people of other cultures and, and um, a little bit of antagonism. And then all of a sudden, when Jesus became the center of that understanding, the change went to accepting and trying to um, uh, love and embrace those of a different culture. There's a, a person in this room, I, I know that at one point was pretty selfish and pretty self-centered and really thinking about only what they could get and, and how they could feel better and, and their problems and their misery. And all of a sudden, Jesus became important. And I began to see and others began to see a change where now serving and, and gratitude and not taking so much offense at things really is part of their day-to-day makeup. And then there are others in the room who, you know, it's, it's, been, it's, it's, been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey from fear and, and worry and anxiety to recognizing that when Jesus is front and center of your life, a change begins to happen. Because with him in the crosshairs of your vision, all of a sudden those things that you were so afraid of, those things that you worried about so much, those things that made you wonder, what if, what if, what if, moved off to the side because the realization set in that when Jesus is at the center, all things work together for good. When Jesus is at the center, all of a sudden, I know God and trust God as my provider. And when Jesus is at the center, I don't have to fight every battle because he's already working in hearts to do that which he does best. And transformation happens. And when I think about that, 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 that baby that is lying in a manger, and I realize just how much God's heart is poured into that baby as any of us would be as we look at our own children and we see all the potential. But God had one thing that he was capable of doing that we're not. 
And that is to fast forward to where that baby would ultimately find himself hanging on the cross. And I know God's heart was broken. And yet God said, I, I, I've commissioned my son for this destiny. And he's taken on that mantle. And I am so very proud of him for being responsible for the love that I've given him to share. And also uh, diligent in the task of fulfilling everything that he's called to do. And in completing that mission, it was a declaration from God himself. That if I've allowed my son to go through all of that. To give you a sense of how much I love you. You have to trust me. That the changes that you're looking for in your life. The changes that you're looking for with your family. Or people that you love but you, 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 are, you are at odds with. And you want to be reconciled. The changes that you need for hope and joy and peace and the very love of God are going to be made possible because God has put so much investment-wise into it that the real issue is not God's ability, but rather your receptivity and mine to that new reality. And so I just end this message today as we think about the Christ child. As people would not receive them into their inn, it was an indication that there are some who just don't want him. But there were others who said, I don't have the best place of accommodation to offer you, Lord. But what I have... I'll open up to you. And if God was comfortable in a stable, there's no question he'll be comfortable in your heart. Would you receive him this Christmas?